Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of evil. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, it is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalms 32 on page 392, and Psalm 143 on page 518. Excuse me, Psalm 32 is on page 377. Blessed is he whose unrighteousness is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth no sin, and in whose spirit there is no guile. For whilst I held my tongue, my bones consumed away through my daily complaining. For thy hand was heavy upon me day and night, and my moisture was like the drought in summer. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine unrighteousness have I not hid. I said, I will confess my sins unto the Lord, and so thou forgavest the wickedness of my sin. For this shall every one that is godly make his prayer in a time when thou mayest be found. Truly the great water flood shall not come nigh him. Thou art a place to hide me in. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will inform thee and teach thee in the way wherein thou shalt go, and I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not like the two horse and mule, which have no understanding, whose mouths must be held with bit and bridle, else they, be, they will not obey thee. Great plagues remain for the ungodly, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord, mercy embraceth him on every side. Be glad, O ye righteous, and rejoice in the Lord, and be joyful, all ye that are true of heart. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and consider my desire. Hearken unto me for thy truth and righteousness' sake. And enter not into judgment with thy servant. For in thy sight shall no man living be justified. 
For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He has smitten my life down to the ground. He hath laid me in the darkness as the men that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit vexed within me, and my heart within me is desolate. Yet do I remember the time past. I muse upon all thy works. Yea, I exercise myself in the works of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul gaspeth unto thee as a thirsty land. Hear me, O Lord, in that soon, for my spirit waxeth faint. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. O oh, let me hear thy loving kindness betimes in the morning. For in thee is my trust. Show thou me the way that I should walk in, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies, for I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do the thing that pleaseth thee, for thou art my God. Let thy loving spirit lead me forth into the land of righteousness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, and for thy righteousness' sake bring my soul out of trouble. And of thy goodness slay mine enemies, and destroy all them that vex my soul, for I am thy servant. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the first lesson, uh, beginning the 58th chapter of the book of Isaiah. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily, and delight to know my ways, as a nation that did righteousness, and did not forsake ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls, and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast you find pleasure, and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate, and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day, to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? It is to bow down his head like a bulrush, and to spread out sackcloth and ashes. You uh, Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out, when you see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually, and satisfy your soul in drought, and strengthen your bones, 
you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the, the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the twelfth chapter of the book of Hebrews. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but grievous, Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down, and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all men, and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Here endeth the second lesson. 
Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create making us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthy lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may attain of thee, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has saved and brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all.
Today uh, is Ash Wednesday, which is the beginning of Lent. Um, we observe Ash Wednesday as a day of fasting. Um, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are days of, of um, complete fasting to be moderated only by uh, <clears throat> you know, dietary and health concerns and, and things like that. But it, we observe as days of fasting. And then all the 40 days of Lent are days of fasting, which means um, historically we've, we've seen fasting as um, in the West having like one big meal or maybe two smaller portions, but basically reducing your quantity of intake and then in addition to that, the kind of disciplines you're taking on during the season, you practice on those days of fasting. The calendar, uh, when it says fast and abstinence, the abstinence on Wednesdays and Fridays is from flesh meat. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the, the, what the Wednesdays and fast days abstinence means there. <clears throat> and so we enter the season and, and it's individual, but it's also communal. We do this together. We embrace it in different ways in a common way for both personal and, and sort of, um, you know, church renewal in our faith. Our lesson from Isaiah 58 uh, talks about fasting and, and um, it portrays a nation that has a kind of religiousness about it. They are, you know, doing some kind of fasting and they're going through practicing religion in some way, but it seems to be um, an outward practice that isn't really addressing the uh, unfaithfulness to God's word, God's Torah, that has, has caused God to become displeased with them. And, and you know, so that they, they, they even cry, you know, they even complain, why are we fasting? You don't see us. And he, he make, but he, he, made, he makes some very specific points. He says, you fast, but you still exploit your workers. Um, you fast, but you're still contentious and argumentative, and you, you're still using your positions of authority to oppress people. And so, um, and they have the outward appearance of fasting, you know, putting on sackcloth, you know, uh, afflicting ourselves. And, and this is this kind of, I think, that is some backdrop for what Jesus will tell us uh, in our in our Ash Wednesday gospel in church, where uh, he says, when you fast, don't do it so people see you, uh, do it secretly, inwardly, and then God will see. Here you have a fast in Isaiah 58, which is outward, but there's not a kind of inward correspondence with that. And so as we fast outwardly, God, you know, Isaiah 58 is very clear about what God wants. He wants um, us to care uh, for those who are uh, oppressed or beaten down. It calls to mind uh, another Isaiah verse um, where it says of the Messiah that a, a bruised reed he won't break, a, a smoking flax he won't quench. That is, people who are under a heavy burden, we will care for them. We will reach out and help those who are burdened down. We won't, we won't uh, harm them some more. Uh, and, we'll, and we'll be generous to those in need. We, we, we could see people in need around us. And I would say, especially when we talk about um, helping the oppressed and being generous to those in need, we should think in terms of those who are closest in our sphere of influence. I, I think this kind of active charity means we're trying to, to um, impact our, as much as possible 
around us, those we see every day, as opposed to simply thinking about the poor in Africa or in places that are, are distant and we're not really connected to. So there's a sort of, I think, a, um, a, a, you know, there's, there's a micro uh, impetus to this, you know, love those who are closest to you. There's an interesting thing at the end of Isaiah 58, it says, you'll, you'll repair the ancient breaches if you do these things, and you'll build up the, the ruins. And we take this metaphorically to mean it is by taking the gospel precepts seriously to actually love that we rebuild the church. Um, we should note also that the, um, the Sabbath, he makes a big point at the end of Isaiah 50 about the Sabbath, you, if you'll keep the Sabbath holy. And I think for us, we don't observe literal Sabbaths because, um, you know, the Christian sense of time, the Lord's Day on Sunday, the resurrection, has ushered in a new sense of time. But the sense of Sabbath is that we can stop. We can stop of the busyness of life, and we won't assess everything in merely economic terms. I think one of the things that most undermines our commitment to the life for prayer is a tendency always to assess life on productivity. We got to do this, and even charity can be assessed on how much we're doing for somebody. And really, to enter into close relationship, God, we have to stop. We have to enter into our prayer and, and value just the silence, the stillness, the prayer, the reconnection with God. And it's in that Sabbath, that restfulness, that we actually begin to care for others because we don't see others then as much as people who are in our way as we're moving on to some other thing, but we can just rest in God and care for others in their intrinsic value as people who bear God's image. So the Sabbath is to value inactivity for the sake of being with God and others and not to simply be always assessing life in terms of productivity. When we get to our, our Hebrews lesson, we, we can note that there are two great eras in religion. One is um, this, what we just covered in Isaiah 58, where there's this outward practice that doesn't have an inward um, correspondence of the heart. The other error is to think that, well, religion's just about my heart, and it doesn't really matter what we do. And we get clearly in, in the Hebrews lesson that there's a race to run. Run with patience the race, or that word patience is perseverance. <clears throat> and he talks about, you know, that, that we lay aside every weight, and clearly laying aside every weight implies a kind of discipline the fasting, we're, we're trying to get rid of things that may be weighing us down, making good confession, following the cloud of witnesses uh, who whose lives testify to us of this right way. And so we, we do have work to do. We just want to make sure that in our Lenten fast, the outward disciplines we're practicing correspond to the inward work that God is doing in us. And one of the, the significant things that Hebrew points out is this idea of chastening. And this is Lent of the penitential season is a time to kind of listen for what God is saying to us. And chastening, this is the difference between um, punishment and chastening. Children are um, chastened, that is to say, God embraces us as his children. He accepts us, and then he corrects us 
in love because we belong to him. Punishment is for those who have been separated and are going to suffer a consequence for some bad thing they did. For us, discipline is to learn. And so as we enter into Lent and we engage in self-examination, we want God reveals things to us. I think these are the two essential aspects of grace. Grace involves God embracing us first, and then in that embrace, he begins to highlight the way things really are. And in that closeness of the embrace of prayer, we're able to see, oh yeah, I, I don't love as well as I should there, or I have this thing going on, and this is what Lent can do. Lent is not an attempt to earn by our efforts God's favor. It's an attempt to enter more into God's presence and allow ourselves to see um, what it is that, that, that we need to work on. And I would say even when we talk about a good confession during Lent, I think it, it's, a, it's good to take the whole season of Lent to pray about that. Pray as you're entering these disciplines, as we disconnect some, we enter into relative wilderness, ask God to reveal to you what is going on, and that will become clearer as we go through the season. We culminate with Holy Week, and we can think about that's the good confession, the way we are going to acknowledge some central disorder we see in ourselves and lay that aside and receive God's grace in a new way. To, to experience the resurrection on Easter in a new way and to begin to move forward and, and really to grow in our faith. And this is that sort of horticultural value of the season to, to slowly <clears throat> to disconnect, to let God reveal to us, you know, to, to make the good confession and to receive the grace of forgiveness in a new way on Easter. So we enter into the season of Lent today and we look, look forward to walking uh, through this season together as, as a community. So a few thoughts on today's lessons and feast. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially pray for the Holy Church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. 
but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. Hope you have a great Ash Wednesday and great rest of your week. Thank you, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.